Welcome to the sermon podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. Good morning, one and all, and Merry, Merry Christmas to all of you. Good to see you here today. Those of you that were here last night, welcome back. Those of you that are here today as part of your Christmas weekend, welcome. We are so delighted that you're here. As Jack was saying during our communion time a moment ago, we've spent this last morning in church talking about what it means to prepare him room, to make sure our hearts are forever homes for Jesus. And I wanted to finish out this Christmas season here uh, this year on Christmas Day talking about one of the the biggest images that goes with this whole notion of room, and that is, I I just want to spend a little time talking with you about home. It's amazing all the the images that that little four-letter word home can conjure up. Yeah, it has a lot to do with rooms and rooms in those spaces, but if you just think about that word home, there are all different kinds of things in our vocabulary where we have expressions that use that word. Things like home life, home goods, home free, home sweet home. In sports, it's nice to have the home field advantage. Kids that go away to camp occasionally get homesick. Sometimes good food is likened to a home-cooked meal. Tim Allen starred in the TV show Home Improvement, and in baseball, to score, you have to come home. We may know the words to songs like Home Home on the Range, My Old Kentucky Home, Sweet Home Alabama, one of my all-time favorites personally, or Take Me Home Country Roads. When you were little, if you're of a certain age, and if you rode off on your bike, maybe you heard mom say, uh, you be home by dark, or be home before dinner. These days, maybe parents with teenagers ask at the door, what time are you coming home? When someone's in transition, they may be reminded home is where you hang your hat, or someone feeling out of place in a new residence may be comforted with the words, home is where your heart is. And I want to let you know this morning that Christmas has an awful lot to do with home. The songs, there's no place like home for the holidays, or I'll be home for Christmas, they make us think, think of times around the Christmas tree where faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more. Anytime Kim and I go back to Emden, Illinois, where I'm from, though I have not lived there since I was 18 years old, uh, that's still where I grew up. My brother lives on the, the farm where I grew up today, and anytime I go back there, I still say I'm, I'm going home. It was December of 1903, just 99 years ago this month, after many attempts that the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, were successful in getting their flying machine up off the ground at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and thrilled over their accomplishments, they telegraphed a message to their sister Catherine with these words, we've actually flown 120 feet, we'll be home for Christmas. So Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper and she showed him the message and he glanced at it and said, how nice. The boys will be home for Christmas. He totally missed the big news that for the first time in human history, man had flown. Or had he missed the big news? The boys will be home for Christmas. 
You know, the, the image of home is all over the Christmas story in the Bible. Joseph and Mary had to travel that first Christmas from Nazareth to Bethlehem because each had to register at their, if you will, home town. Joseph was of the family line of David, so there's a sense in which Joseph had to go home for Christmas. But there's another way in which home plays a part in the Christmas story, and I want to show you a couple of pictures here this morning that will maybe help drive the point home. Anybody in here familiar with a painter by the name of Norman Rockwell? Uh, I really have for a long time enjoyed his paintings or his artwork. A lot of these would show up on the covers of uh, an old magazine called the Saturday Evening Post way, way back long ago. Um, this particular painting is a favorite of mine. He painted this in 1984, or 1984, sorry, 1954, um, and it captures a moment in time that if you, if you just keep looking at it, you, you, can, you can get what this is all about. Here we have two people, presumably a farmer and his son, and they're sitting on the edge of an old pickup truck, and the boy is holding something in his hands, uh, presumably a, a present of some sorts, maybe it's something from mom. And the family dog knows something is up here, doesn't he? His head is resting on the boy's knee, and if you look closely at the boy's suitcase, you can see that books are stacked on top of it, and it bears an emblem for State University. It doesn't take too long to figure out that this boy is leaving for college. His face shows that he's anxiously awaiting the bus while his, fa his father stares off in the other direction. And Norman Rockwell appropriately named this painting Breaking Home Ties. Breaking Home Ties. I wonder if the scene was at all like that up in heaven when Jesus left heaven to come to earth. I wonder if that day moved the heart of the father you know, the angels sang glory to God in the highest, as Glenn read a moment ago, and we sang glory in excelsis Deo together. And those songs must have surely deeply moved the heart of God the Father, and I'm sure God rejoiced in the miracle of incarnational love. Who wouldn't have pride in their one and only son? But God's gift to us didn't come without a tremendous price tag. And I, I want to read to you just a little bit this morning from Philippians chapter 2, where that price tag is a little bit more than hinted at here, verses 5 through 7 of Philippians 2, where we're instructed to do this, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, but listen to this about Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited, or some translations say to be grasped. Instead, he, what's that say there? Instead, he, he emptied himself. He emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant and taking on the, the likeness of humanity. He emptied himself. So there, there's something in the Christmas story that we gather from that passage there that so Jesus left his home in heaven. God willingly sent his son here to earth. But Jesus left his home in heaven. He, he emptied himself of, of something that was so that he could come here and take part in what would become as, as a little baby. I don't know exactly how all this works when you talk about a Trinitarian doctrine and the, um, the divinity of Jesus Christ. 
So Jesus didn't give up his, his divinity. He retained that in coming to earth, but he, he took on human flesh. But what I'm getting at is <clears throat> something changed. And I don't know exactly what it was or how it worked, but something changed in what Jesus had previously known about his union, if you will, with God the Father. They had always been together since eternity passed, and Jesus would remain God, but God in the flesh. But something changed when, when Jesus came to earth, because he was no longer up in heaven with God the Father. He was here on earth, and the Father certainly would have felt that as well. There was a, there was a difference. Whatever that difference was, there was a change in what had always been, because Jesus, the Son, came to earth as a baby, vulnerable, helpless, little, and imagine this, the, the caregiver of everything coming to earth and needing human care just in order to survive. The creator of all things himself willingly dwelt bodily inside that which he had created when Jesus was being developed within the, the womb of his mother Mary. And he did all of that to be our salvation and to give his life for ours and, and really to call us home, if you will. One time Jesus would say this, and we, we talked about it earlier in this series, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he was telling us about his home while he was here on earth. He was telling us about what home is like, not just his home, but the one he was going to take us to as well after his work here on earth was done. And quite simply, herein lies a major message of this whole Christmas celebration, and it's this. Jesus left his home to remind us that we're not home yet, right? Jesus left his home in heaven to remind us here on earth that we're not home yet. And, and that's the point. That's, that's a major meaning behind Christmas. And maybe another picture here will help as we think about this. This is another painting of Norman Rockwell's and here we see a, a young boy, presumably with his grandmother, and from the bags near their chairs, you can see that they're traveling. They've stopped at a busy diner for a bite to eat. It's so crowded that the two of them have to share a table with complete strangers, and these men in the boy's eyes are some questionable characters, and he's not too sure about them. And as the two bow their heads to pray, you can clearly see that the little boy is sitting on the edge of his chair, he leans as close to grandma as possible. And why would he do that? Why would he lean as close to grandma as possible? Well, because in that unfamiliar setting, grandma is a piece of home. And in that strange place where he is, that, that piece of home brings him a whole lot of security. On the night before Jesus died, Jesus took his disciples up into an upper room and he gave them some bread and some wine and he told them, as Jack led us through a moment ago, this is my body and this is my blood, do this in remembrance of me. And I think Jesus wanted to establish a reminder even before he left to go to the cross to die and to rise again, he wanted to leave a reminder that we're never far from home and that meal, that meal of bread and wine, is a, it's a piece of home. It's something that Jesus told us he's not going to participate in until he shares it again with us in glory. It's a, it's a piece of home. And in strange surroundings, like maybe the ones we're in right now, that can bring us a whole lot of security. 
is to do that again here this morning on Christmas Day. So where are you going to be the rest of the day? What's Christmas look like for you? As I look around the room here, some of you obviously are, are with family. You have some guests here from out of town, or you have extended family members with you. That's awesome. Nothing like home for the holidays. Maybe some of you today are celebrating with friends. It's a really special thing to be able to do as well, to remember God's gift to us through Jesus Christ. With friends who believe that and others maybe that they're still on the path to embracing that. Um, I hope that you have many opportunities throughout this season to share the joy and the hope that you have with gentleness and respect as the New Testament tells us to. Maybe some of you have to go to work today. On our drive here today, we saw a gentleman with a, a tanker truck filling the underground tanks at one of the gas stations, and Kim just quickly said a Merry Christmas prayer for that gentleman, and maybe you have to work today. I don't know. Maybe today you're going to be alone. Maybe that brings back some memories of times when you, when you weren't alone. There are people that have gone up to heaven that were a part of your life here on earth, and you're, you're missing them something terrible today. Or maybe family is such right now that alone is just kind of how you roll. I'm sorry if that's, if that's how things are, but maybe that is your reality today. The words of one song at, that we listen to at our house at Christmas time say this. Are you far away from home this dark and lonely night? Tell me what would best help to ease your mind. Someone to give direction to this unfamiliar road or one who says, follow me and I'll lead you home. If you feel like you're only going to be home for Christmas this year in your dreams, just remember this, Jesus left his home to remind you that you're not home yet, meaning you still have things to do. You are still a light. You are still a Christ bearer, a hope giver. You shine a light in the darkness. You bring peace and love wherever you go by Jesus living in your heart when you've made room for him and the Holy Spirit taking up residence there. You're part of the solution in this world, not part of the problem. You're important. You're needed. You're part of God's overall mission to save this crazy place before Jesus comes back and takes us to be with him home forever. Philippians 2, in total, in what is called the Christ hymn sometimes, reads like this. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's Jesus' mission. Our daughter Jordan got a text message from one of her friends this morning that said, Merry Christmas, he is risen. 
At first we all chuckled, and then I thought about it, and I said, you know what, that young man understands the total arc of the gospel story better than anyone, even with that little joke he made. Merry Christmas, he is risen. He is risen indeed, Jordan replied in her text message. He is so risen, whether it's Christmas Day or Easter Sunday. This is what we celebrate. And I pray that your celebration today, uh, whether at home, someone else's home, or wherever you may be, may be one where you remember that Jesus truly left his home to remind you that you're not home yet. So live it up and live large and proud for Jesus Christ this season and always. May I pray for you here this morning as our worship team come back, comes back up to lead us in one last Christmas song. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.